Hey friends, welcome to the Creative Shop Talk podcast. I'm your host, Wendy Batten, coming at you with a fantastic introduction. I can't wait for you to meet uh, Amy Chuck. She has been on Facebook Lives with us before, and you may have met her through um, through my Facebook page and in our groups. But Amy is the owner of Schoolhouse Salvage. She has been in my Level Up and Accelerate Mastermind group for since its beginning, I guess for three years now. Um, And it's been exciting to watch her grow and thrive over the last three years. She has a business that she runs with her family. Her whole family's involved. She's going to talk a little bit about that and has made some big shifts again over the last couple of years. It's been really exciting to watch her. She's moved stores and grown her team and expanded her business massively over you know over and through the humps that we call COVID right speaking of which still coming at you a little bit shaky here a little bit coffee a little bit scratchy sorry still going through that old thing um so thank you for your patience I do want to remind you before we jump into our uh, my interview with Amy I do want to remind you that we are currently accepting applications into the Level Up and Accelerate Mastermind that Amy is a part of and some of the other um, retailers that you have met recently here on the podcast and may have found inspirational. I hope you have and hope you've had some great takeaways. It's really a small group mastermind and it's intended for us not to feel alone. I always kind of joke and say, you know, it's, it's, the place to go where everybody knows your name, you know, and, and knows your business. And that's what we do inside the Level Up and Accelerate Mastermind. So if you've ever felt like you're running your business in a silo all by yourself, um, there's always somebody around who knows more and who can give you um a bigger picture view of your business. The conversations are different inside that group. So if you're ready for activation and if you're ready to find your flow, if you're ready for some more profits and you're ready to join a group like that, we would love for you to fill out an application. We are still taking members um, currently, so please don't miss this opportunity. If that's something that's interesting to you or you wanna be part of our Level Up and Accelerate Mastermind, you can find the applications on my website at wendybatten.com slash level up. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) And we'll also have them in our show notes here, um, here on the podcast. So without further ado, my friends, let's get to Let's get busy, grab your pen, grab coffee, put your earbuds in. You're going to enjoy the conversation. Uh, Amy is going to share some of her amazing wisdom with us. So let's go meet Amy from Schoolhouse Salvage. Running a retail business doesn't have to be so hard. Welcome to the Creative Shop Talk podcast, the go-to podcast for creative shop owners, studio owners, and independent retailers. I'm your host, Wendy Batten, retail business coach and mentor. Each week, I'll share simple, proven business strategies, inspiring stories from fellow retailers, and advice from industry experts. Together, we're going to work to find the success you want from your retail business with more profits in your till and a little more joy in your life. I am excited to have uh, Amy here today and introduce you all. You're going to uh, get want to get your notepads out. <laughs> no pressure, Amy. <laughs> and want to get your notepads pads out. I already know Amy's going to share some big nuggets of her amazing wisdom. Welcome, Amy. 
Oh, well, thanks. I'm not sure about all that, but we'll see. <laughs> no pressure. So tell us a little bit about your business, your business journey. How Tell us about your shop, where you're located, what you do, and uh, how did you end up doing what you're doing? We'd love to know your background story. Oh, there's lots, I guess. Um, let's see. We started our business in 2012, and we are uh, antique and vintage store outside of Cleveland. We've moved a couple times. Um, we've just evolved over the course of um, the years we've been in business. We started as an architectural salvage, heavy architectural salvage business in support of our historic rehab business that we also do consulting on historic projects. So our business started taking all of that uh, heavy salvage doors, windows, moldings out of those buildings warehousing them and selling them. And then over the course of what has to be now 10 years, we've just evolved with the market and our life and where our business has taken us into what we are now, which is a brick and mortar antique shop, 10,000 square feet, um, heavy in a vendor model where we have half the square footage devoted to vendors, half devoted to our own stock. And what we consider a whole second business being our online e-commerce platform, which in the last week, it has just finally sunk in to me that it's two separate businesses and they need to be worked like that. <laughs> so that's us in a nutshell. There's lots of little bits in there, but that's who we are in a nutshell. Oh, that's great. So uh, your family run, um, do you want to share a little bit about your both not retail, you don't come from a retail background. Sometimes people are like, oh, they run retail businesses forever. Um, you don't have retail background. No, I'm an environmental scientist. So my business, uh, I have a bachelor's of science in environmental studies. And my husband and I both work our business full time. He um, does all of our environmental inspection work, which is another division of our company that we run. And I run the brick and mortar and the online space. And admittedly, he probably does about 50% of maybe even 60 or 70% of the child care. I mean, we have four kids, only two at home, but he has historically supported heavily in that area as part of his role with the business. Yeah. And it, it's been, you know, again, you're very, um, you're very much like many listeners, many of our podcast listeners, you know, family run family, you know, your kids have worked in the space. My kids carried me through COVID. Yeah. They absolutely built our business through COVID. So very mm -hmm. much family run has its challenges, ups and downs, of course. Um, but yeah, very much family run. On the brick and mortar side, I know we've been working together for a while and um, with the brick and mortar. And I'm laughing because I feel like I've been telling everybody's like, those are two separate businesses. And it's so funny because it does take a while to sink in because it's the same but different. Can, uh, what kind of percentage can you just share with the uh, with the listeners? What would your percentages be roughly on brick and mortar revenue versus your online revenue or your e-commerce revenue? So it changes annually. And I almost feel like it changes seasonally, but most recently I would say we saw an annual shift. Um, this year we are at probably 80% brick and mortar now and 10% online, which historically in the past previous three years, it was probably flipped the other way more heavily to e-commerce. So we're doubling down on our e-commerce because I really want it to be performing much better than it is, but it's very difficult to dedicate the resources equally to both is what I'm realizing. So I'm now plugging more people in where I need them to build them both at the same time. Um, 
it's definitely two separate teams of people. Yeah, I I totally agree. So let's talk about why the shift, why your shift in sales. It's because you made a huge shift in your brick and mortar business model. Mm -hmm. Uh, Can you speak a little bit to that shift that you've made? I mean, during COVID, you made some big changes. Obviously, you know, your online was really good. You had a brick and mortar in one location and you jumped and shifted to a much different type of location. Um, Can you share why you made the shift and what that looks like for what that looked like for you and your business? So going into COVID, we were positioned in a community that was very supportive of our brick and mortar. We saw a good bit of online traffic and foot traffic. We were positioned well to sell online. So we just hit the gas online once we needed to. And we did that solidly, I feel like for two and a half years, we really pushed online. I mean, we're family run, so we had no choice but to really just make money. Now, I will say we experienced a seven times growth in our online platform. So for us, it was huge. It was life changing in the online space. Mm -hmm. And so we really thrived there. When we reopened the store, my husband likes to say that I trained my customers to shop online. And I did. But there was a large segment of our market in this area that doesn't shop online with us and just really didn't come back the way that it did previously. I don't know if that's a market shift in the area. I don't know if we just oversold. I really don't think that's it because there are so many people in that area that still don't even know that we were ever even there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just the the foot traffic did not support the rent structure and the operating expenses at that location. And as soon as we realized that, which is very quickly because we look at our numbers and we were seeing the writing on the wall, we were like, this is not coming back. And I can't wait for it to come back because if you rely on your business to support a family of six, you're very sensitive to what's coming and what Um, you need to have coming. And if it's not coming, you need to make some changes very quickly. So we identified a couple of markets that we knew were, um, would have the demographic we wanted, which was a higher income and no one, not no one, but they would be less susceptible to economic changes. Mm -hmm. Um, And we move very fast in our world here. So we decided we needed a place. We were always going to keep two stores. because it's really hard to let go of something that you've had and that you feel secure with. Mm -hmm. We were always gonna keep two stores, but we found reasonable rent in an amazing place. Mm -hmm. And once we opened, we were like, whoa, this this is gangbusters right out of the gate and we can sustain it. And this is not something that we're gonna put energy into up at our first location. Um, so that's kind of the theory behind what we did. Yeah. And I mean, it's funny cause you do move fast. <laughs> so, so, and I mean, I, you know, we work together, um, Amy's in our mastermind group. And so all of a sudden it's like, I'm looking at a new location. We're decided to do this, but again, the urgency is there when it is your bread and butter, it's your bread and butter. And I understand that. And you were very attuned to seeing the shift. 
were you always let's talk we we talk a lot on the podcast here about um numbers and you know there's passion and heart and hustle and you can work all day long um were you always in tune to your numbers was that always is that your only decision making you know is it lifestyle first and then you're so funny you are so funny i just want you to share my numbers (laughs) listen you and i have been doing this long enough you know i i kind of know my numbers. Okay. I, I don't you know, know your number. Give yourself. I know my numbers. I, yes. I've always known what revenue I need to bring in right. to sustain our lifestyle. In that aspect, I know my numbers. I don't want to sugarcoat it. Yeah. I'm as behind on things as everybody else. I am not up to date with my bookkeeping the way I should be, but I do know my numbers. I know that in, in a month, I have X amount of expenses, so I need to make Y number in revenue in order for us to live. So in that regard, I know my numbers. No, I did not always know my numbers. I had in my head, I knew what they were. And honestly, we're so busy right now that I'm not dialed into where I'm looking at them on a daily basis, but I do know what we're bringing in and I do know if it's going to support us. And I do know where I need to bring in more money. So buckets, I know where my buckets are and I know how much has to go into each bucket. Um, But no, I'm the least number savvy person in the world. My husband is leaps and bounds better at it than I am, but here I am. So I'm just, I'm, I'm working with the tools that I have. So I would say you are savvy with your numbers, even though you don't think you are. But and in that you, again, you already know what you need to make. So you're very driven. You're very number driven. So I am number driven. Yeah. And I wanted you to share that because I think people think, um, you know, we do have to be kind of ninja ninja with our numbers. Can you be ninja e anyway? We do have to be on top of our numbers, and and that is something I know you're paying attention to. Also, there's you know, with a lot of growth, which you've had over the last um, you know three years, especially. I feel like there's just been massive growth over the last three four years three years for sure. Um, there's a lot of new challenges that come with that as, you know, being the visionary and the boss and the, and can, can you share any of the challenges that have come with maybe hiring more team or even making the decision to close that other store? Like, how do you work through your decisions? What are the challenges that you would see going forward as you're growing? Cause it's not always easy. I know that. Um, so two parts, I guess, decisions. Um, I'm not one that lingers over a decision and my team will tell you that it has taken them some adjusting to get to my style now they know they know if they hear nothing from me for a couple hours something's going on and I'm making a shift or I'm making a change or I'm starting something new and for better or worse I just make the change um I Ron said something to me my husband probably three or four years ago when I was talking to him about something, he's like, Amy, what's, what's the worst that's going to happen if you do this? Mm-hmm. What's the worst? If you decide to do this, what's our exposure? What's the worst? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm not putting any money into it. Uh, we're just going to try it. He's like, so why wouldn't you try it? And so I've always had that in the back of my mind. What's the worst? I don't run around making huge financial. Well, maybe I do sometimes make some financial decisions that are horrible quickly, but what's the worst that can happen? And then I just move because I don't have the time or the desire to labor over, is this the right size label for my candle? I just don't. I just, I, the other night I slapped painter's tape on them and I showed them in a live sale. I said, do you want these? They have painter's tape on them. There's no label. And they sold out. It's that kind of thing. Like you can spend days and days 
trying to figure out a label for your candle, or you can just make the candle and sell it and move on. I guess that's my theory. Um, so that's kind of how I make decisions is quickly and on the fly for better or worse. I'm not saying it's the right way to do it, um, but that's how I do it. And uh, what was your second part? Decision-making and what was the second part? How, the, how like um, decision-making and then the second part is like, what's the toughest part of being the CEO? Oh yeah. You know, um, struggle. The hardest, brain. yeah, I have, a, I have a couple of things. I'll do a couple of things that are hard for me. You know, we're experiencing in this market, we've really dialed in our ideal customer and mm -hmm. that ideal customer spends a lot. So new challenges to me are buying higher priced inventory because they like a higher quality product and managing the big numbers. I mean, whereas maybe my vendor exposure in a month was $8,000 that I owed the vendors, it could be 60,000 now. So managing that stress um, from bigger numbers and bigger um, cash flow issues is, is a, new challenge for me. The other challenge I will say is bizarre, maybe, but <clears throat> as I bring in new teams, new people on my team to fill roles, it frees up my time, which hmm. is a challenge because I've got to figure out then what's my new role. So, you know, my role, yes, is the visionary. So if they're all working the store and they're all doing all the things and I have four or five hours, that's a little challenging too, because that has to be productive for our five hours and I need to figure out what my new role is. So I would say those are the challenges that we're looking at now. Yeah, it is. It's, you know, we say new level, new devil, new issues, like as we grow. So it is interesting. It's like, what am I supposed to be doing to make this plane move forward? Right. So yeah, I feel like you've done such a good job. I just want to give you kudos. I have watched you go from holding tight to a lot of things, um, making those decisions, first of all, making those decisions quickly is something I just think that you're so good at and you're so right. You're so good at it and not afraid to try things again. And, and I think that's a takeaway for a lot of people. Um, you try different marketing things, you try it, it doesn't work. Oh, well, we won't do that again. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. like you know what's the worst work? that can happen right yeah. and I but you move fast and you make those decisions I love that about you but also you're learning that you've I feel like you've just um gone leaps and bounds maybe you know from what I see um in handing off projects to your people and trusting them giving them the SOPs putting those things in place that need to be done that's a big challenge for a lot of people and I I believe it was for you at the very beginning um but then I just like you're like I'm just gonna give everybody stuff to do you've got a great team with you I feel like you've got this dialed in team um any secrets to how that or any uh, tips for those listening on how you how you confidently entrust the people that are around you um I don't know I have a fantastic team um and yeah. it you know pieces of it change but the core team <clears throat> is kind of I cherish them. Hold on. <laughs> Sorry. I cherish them. They are, um, they're the backbone of how right. this all works for me. Um, it's a challenge because we have four or five strong personalities. So, you know, they have a challenge in who's doing what, because in a creative business, it's really hard at the brick and mortar level to assign roles Mm -hmm. when it's all like a yeah. living, breathing, organic design thing. So you have three or four people with strong ideas 
So they are very good about, this is what I'm doing. This is my lane. They always like to say, I'm staying in my lane. So they're good about kind of dividing that up. But my team is, you know, their life. They're just, they're the people. And not only are they, you know, team people, they really and truly care about each other and the success of our business as it relates to supporting my family, which it's, I'm not saying it's key, but it, it makes me mushy because, you know, they, their mindset is driven by, we need to support the machine so that we're all successful. And how we support the machine is to support Amy in a lot of different ways. And they're not afraid to support me. And they're not afraid to say, you have to go be the face of this. So we're going to support you in a supporting role. I think that's, that's what they do best. Um, I mean, we do everything from making sure we're all eating and drinking all day. I mean, it's as silly as it sounds Mm -mm. when somebody brings you a snack and a bottle of water and says, you're not drinking enough. I mean, (laughs) I just get goosebumps. I mean, you're right. I'm not, I feel like I'm going to fall over, but for you to recognize that and support me in that is just huge. So I do have a good core team. So I was lucky in how they came to me. Um, I made split second decisions with all of them. Um, hey, do you want to help me at the store? And that's yeah. the, the running joke. They're like, yeah, yeah. I started helping her five years ago. <laughs> I've never stopped. Um, yeah. So I just make decisions quickly. And, you know, one person I interviewed for, the rest of them all just gelled and, and came to us. So yeah. I'm very fortunate. Yeah, I feel like your your team is the genuine description of team. They're not there for the job. Um, I've had the pleasure of seeing how they work and I, you know, seeing a little bit behind the, behind the curtain a little bit. And it's beautiful how they work, how you all work together. And um, it's like, they understand the mission and the culture and, you know, they're, yeah. they're part of it. Right. So, and I love that they bring you snacks and water. That's uh, that does. Mean and, you know, we have our hiccups. It's not all kumbaya. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're yeah. five women and, yeah. and one poor young man, and it's not all fuzzy roses, but we're very good at, okay, she just had a moment. Let's have, let her have a moment. And then we're going to come back and figure out how to make that not so difficult. Is there a a rough spot that is making everybody's day hard? Yes. So let's figure that part out. We talk, I guess is is the best way to put it. That's uh, that's fun. If there's something that you could share that you had to let go of, is there anything that like you had to just let go of either mindset or a job that you were doing before? Is there anything that you had to just walk away from or let go of as you're making this growth? Because I feel like when we grow and as we grow, you know, we evolve, right? Things that, well, letting go of your other shop, I know was hard, but I mean, as far as Amy goes, what was some, is there anything that you, you know, you had to let go of mindset, physically (laughs) jobs, anything like that, that you feel like you might've had to let go of so that you could open up and do this beautiful new shop. And your new shop is just amazing. Mm -hmm. So it's amazing. It is fun. Yeah. Um, Honestly, I don't feel like there was anything I've had to let go. Once you decide that you're going to hire people to help you grow your business or do something like hire to your weaknesses. Once you realize that you're hiring to your weaknesses and we all have them, I'm not good at A, B, and C, but these people are. I think once you do that, to me, the struggle is over. I never feel if my 
staff is helping people and my customers are thrilled with my staff and is, are giving them all the accolades in the world for helping them design something. I never feel like I need to insert myself in that or I need to be over there and I need to be, they're doing it. They, that's their secret sauce. That's what they're doing and it's all working. So I don't feel like I've had have to give up anything at this point. Um, once you realize you need people, I think you've done the hard work of giving up control. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. So we were, we've been talking, you and I have been talking and you've mentioned here a few times uh, uh, on the podcast that, you know, growth has been good. It's been great actually. And I know, I know you've had some phenomenal, you know, just some phenomenal um, growth with this new shop. A lot of retailers right now and a lot of people listening and when this comes out, you know, it's going to be coming out, um, we're recording um, and it's going to be coming out (laughs) during the holiday crazy. So a lot of retailers get into their mind that people are not going to spend this year. People are not spending. I'm hearing it a lot. I know that's not true for everybody, but um, can, can we talk a little bit about how you're um, not seeing that where you are, first of all? And the shift, like what, what would, you know, what are you seeing as far as people spending and some advice for retailers who think people aren't out spending? I don't know if that's vague or yeah. that helps. No, it's not vague. It's, I think we all struggle with that. Yeah. If I'm being completely honest, I'm terrified on the daily that yeah. Yeah. this growth and the support we've received in our new community is going to suddenly stop. I mean, every day I, I'm still going, okay, they're going to stop coming in the store. And I'm not sure I'll ever feel comfortable in that because I think once you get comfortable in that, you stop doing all the things that you need to. So I feel terrified. I don't know what's going to happen in the winter. We're in Northeast Ohio. I don't know if it's going to be a blizzard and people are going to stop coming in. But if you dwell on that, you're doing no good for yourself. So Yes, that's all uncertain, and it's good to kind of have it in the back of your mind. But what is certain is that right now, if you have a core group of people that are supporting you and shopping with you, then push the gas on that and serve them, serve them well, and then find more like that. So we're serving them well. We've nailed who we need to serve brick and mortar and online. And now we're finding more of those people because people are spending. It is October 6th as we record this and we are selling Christmas online, not in my store. I can't look at it in my store, but people are buying decor, Christmas items. They're hungry for it. They want it. I'm not saying I can predict what's going to happen, but the way I run my business is if this is working, push the gas on what's working, find more of that. So I'm optimistic. Um, We've been, we've weathered, we've all weathered a ton of junk. So I'm not going to worry about who's buying what I'm going to do what I know. And I'm going to do what makes me happy. We're doing things in the store. We're doing hand blown glass from a glass maker down the street, mainly because we love it and it makes us happy. And there's a low exposure. Here's, this is what I would say is, it's all pre-order. It's all low cost exposure. We can bring in these things that I'm not sinking thousands into inventory because I can't stand sinking thousands into inventory that I can't immediately sell. That's my model. Buy it, sell it the next day. Um, So I look for things that aren't going to be a huge exposure for me. 
high profit and that I know I can move. And I, we pour all of our energy into making it fabulous and explaining to our customer that it's fabulous. That's how you do it. You have a really good pulse on your customer. I mean, the move itself to the new location, which wasn't just around the corner. You've moved, you know, communities a little bit. And really, I mean, you are, you have your people nailed. Like when you talk about your own, and I don't mean nailed in a bad way. I mean that in a really, really good way. You do what loves, you're attracting people. It's a really great dynamic because Sometimes it doesn't work when we just do things that we love, but you're so energetic and your team is very energetic about these things, but you are also dialed into your people. Um, We listen to our people that come in the store like crazy. Mm -hmm. We spend a ton of time chatting with them. We ask them what they're looking for. And quite honestly, the things we're bringing in now are not 100% my style, but it is what the customers are wanting for their homes. And we're learning to buy it and we're learning to love it and we're learning to sell it. And we just really listen to them. Online is a lot trickier to me, mm-hmm. but we'll nail it. We'll, we'll we'll work on that. We have a goal of doubling our online sales by January and we'll, we'll make it happen. Um, it's a little harder, but in the store, it's just talking to them. What do you want? What do we not have that you're looking for? If you're walking out with nothing, Hey, thanks for coming in. Is there something we can bring in? Because we're here in your community for you. Mm-hmm. What can we bring in? What are you looking for? What what would get you back in here to buy a gift? Or what furniture do you need? That's a big one for us. Furniture is huge, which is blowing my mind. And we ask them, what are you looking for? And they tell us and we go get it and we bring it in. Yeah. I, I, you literally as simple as that. <laughs> it's so funny. I mean, it really say- is. People were looking for couches. We're going to get couches. <laughs> we're going to get, we're going to get the, you know, whatever the fireplace mantles or whatever it is they're looking That's so for. It's so funny. You said that because we had people looking for mantles. We went out and we bought five. They're there. Go get them. It's yeah. like talk to your people and understand what they want. Yeah. And you do an amazing job. Just a, an, an FYI. I think uh, I, I want to encourage everybody to go follow and see what you're doing. Um, you have an incredible app for your online store. You're working through comment sold still. Is that your story? We are. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're working through comment sold. You have a fantastic app for that. Um, you do an amazing job of showing, you know, that side of your business, but you're also out showing as you're picking and buying and searching and source, sourcing for your people. Amy does a great job and you do a great job at. Um, Look what I'm getting for you. <laughs> you know, look yeah. what I'm here well, buying just you know, for you. That piece is hard. If you ever look at a quote unquote influencer who is doing oh. all of this in the online space, that part of it narrating your day by video and it's oh. hard. It oh. is like a whole full-time situation. And I would say that's what's freed up my time. That time that's freed up is supposed to be devoted to that content mm-hmm. because it is not easy narrating your day by video. I mean, it's like totally. you have to be, for yeah. me, I need to be presentable. I need to be in the mind space of talking to my people. So I have that energy and let's face it. I don't always have that energy. So that's a hard part of it, but it really makes a difference because they come to us both online and in store because of the community and the environment. They don't come there because we're humdrum and routine. They come for the energy, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I 
I think that's a huge part of what you do. Um, you Again, you know your people really well. You know how to speak to them when you do speak to them. So I think you do a great <laughs> job. So, okay, as we wrap up, I don't want to keep you too long. I know you're busy, uh, busy girl, and I appreciate you being here and your time and your attention. Um, what's one thing, if you could just give one little piece of advice to retailers listening to, you know, take away from some of the things that you shared today um, or to make their business just a little bit better and a little more Amy-like, what would you, what's one little piece of advice if they've left, come back and listen to us <laughs> and one little bite takeaway that they can do right away. Any ideas? Um, I would say recognize where you need help and hire to your weakness. I know a lot of people struggle with that, either finding the person or justifying the expense if you do the numbers mm -hmm. and you get somebody in there for x amount of hours to do something for you that will free you up to do something you want to do i'm telling you it's like the cost is not crazy sit down and look at your numbers and free yourself up to enjoy your life to go get coffee or to re-energize yourself so when you do have your customers come in you're happy to see them and not exhausted. Cause I was, I was there, I was exhausted. I was so tired and I didn't want to see anybody at my counter. And I remember Wendy and I talking, it was in a mastermind or something. And it just hit me. I'm like, Oh my God, I work so hard to get people in the door. And then I'm so irritated. They're in the door because I'm exhausted. Yeah. And that's a huge thing. So I would say hire to your weakness and, and put some effort into finding the right people. Well, one of the, you know, <laughs> I, I went through, we, I think a lot of us can recognize that, uh, that happening. Um, the last thing we want to do is a, we can't serve from an empty cup, which I know is like tr kind of a blast saying, but if you're just burnt out, <laughs> you're going to start to resent your business, your mm -hmm. customers, and that's not a healthy place to be, especially when you're trying to feed a family of six. Right. I mean, that's yep. just like we want, so you do have the, I love that you have that. And it's a great piece of advice. Um, what's next for Schoolhouse Salvage? What are you, what are you most excited about coming up um, either this season or in the next year? Anything you want to share with us as we wrap up? Um, I have been trying for year after year to do like a massive buying container situation when we were live in Miami, I think was not in Miami. Where were we? Orlando. We were in Orlando. And you yeah. had said yeah. something. What was the big thing that will shift your business and write it down? How many years ago was that? Mine was yeah. a buying trip yeah. and a container trip that is still on my list. I think it will be a huge thing for our customers and for me personally. So I still want to do that. So hopefully that will happen in the next year or two. Um, and then we're just really going to try and enjoy. We're going to try not to always be looking for the next big growth opportunity or the next big thing. Um, we're going to enjoy where we're at and we're going to serve our people. And we're, I'm going to try not to make my staff crazy. <laughs> Refinement has its benefits, right? Like refining what you're doing and, and just keep enhancing it, but changing mm -hmm. all the time is not always good, but I'll be curious to see if we can keep that goal. So <laughs> I'm picturing like, we've got a new warehouse with the 18. You stop it. I'm totally going to, I'm going to sit eight, here and 
enjoy it. <laughs> so I'll just, I'll be curious to see that. And you do, I, I want to give you hats off and, and you do enjoy, I love seeing, you know, you share a lot with your, and your customers enjoy too. Like I, you know, you play, you go to hockey with, you know, with your son and, you know, you travel with your daughter. So it's wonderful that your daughters to see that. So it's wonderful fun. So thank you so much, Amy, for being here and sharing all your Amy wisdom with us today. Uh, it's been a great pleasure. We'll make sure that we have your links and we'll send everybody where's the best place you want us to send them to your website facebook yeah Instagram. send them over to shopschoolhousesalvage.com that's the best place to see what we're doing online and then instagram is really where we're hitting the gas so um, join us in stories on instagram it's a lot of fun um but yeah thanks for letting me share my nonsense i don't think i'd call it wisdom i'd call it nonsense but oh, if you well, got a nugget then there you go <laughs> amy's nonsense is always good nonsense. so thank you my friend we'll uh we'll be sure to have all those links on here for you for everyone as well too so thanks for your time today thank you well that's it for this week's episode of the creative shop talk podcast I'm so glad that you're here to join us this week, and I hope you found value in what we're sharing here. I want to remind you that our website has all of the show notes. You can find it at wendybatten.com slash podcast. Everything that you need to hear about today's podcast is there. Also an opportunity if you need to reach out to me. If I can support you in any way whatsoever, please feel free to reach out. So thanks for joining us. Please leave a review, subscribe if you can, and never miss an episode. We hope to see you back here again next week. Thanks, my friend. Have a great week.